Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule, and today on the sofa in my very own home, which is a very rare occasion, so we have to celebrate uh, that little moment being out of the roasting hot heat and in the cool air conditioning. So we're welcoming reflexologist and fertility awareness teacher, Ginny. Cheers. Welcome to the Reset Rebel podcast. Oh, thank you, Joe, for um, yeah having me in your house on this very hot day. <laughs> I think we thought about doing it outside, but that's a, a little bit of a no-go today because it's super, super hot out there. So, yes, it feels very nice to be here. So thank you. <laughs> Well, I think the original plan was to climb up a, a very large mountain at six o'clock in the morning for the full moon. But um, yes, Ibiza in August will definitely um, throw a few curveballs in the way and always change the plan about 59 times. Where have you just come from this afternoon? Um, so today I have been, we have a little treatment centre in Santiolalia called the Oasis. So I've had two clients there today. I've just been home, nipped home for lunch. And uh, yeah, I'm here now ready to have a nice little chat about fertility awareness. I'm looking forward to it. So I think it was about 10 years ago that I very first met you and I came to interview your husband. (laughs) You did. I remember that day. We'd just moved into a villa with our friends who we came to the island with. It was um, for Essential Ibiza when I was making a radio show for Ibiza Global. And um, I actually spoke to Jamie about growing wheatgrass. (laughs) Yeah, those were the days that we um, arrived in Ibiza full of enthusiasm <laughs> and um, our housemate Rich had his own wheatgrass machine and uh, yeah, took took the days enjoying making wheatgrass. <laughs> Things have changed a little bit since then because it wasn't very um, efficient and now it's just bought from the shop. <laughs> I mean, you say Jamie's housemate, but that was actually the other half of his DJ outfit. Yes, yeah. So basically we decided to move to Ibiza about... Yeah, 10 years ago. We decided to move 10 years ago. And we actually moved here about nine years ago. And we were on holiday and having a good time. And yeah, basically, Jamie, my husband, is um, a DJ and his partner, DJ, (laughs) is rich. And um, yeah, the reason that we ended up in Ibiza is because we decided not to live in Leeds anymore and and try it out here. So yeah, moving to Ibiza, growing wheatgrass, (laughs) doing all the things. (laughs) I mean, it's an interesting little transition mode. I mean, what's the name of Jamie's outfit is? Um, Audio Jack. Right. And so they basically have been playing here for quite some time before you actually decided to leave Leeds. But what was like the catalyst, I guess, to leave Leeds? Mm, The catalyst to leave Leeds. So basically we came here, went on an amazing boat trip one day, did an amazing sunset had our friends here stayed in a villa had the most amazing holiday and then I actually remember the moment because it was Rich who was on the barbecue and uh he was just like why are we living in Leeds when it's cold <laughs> and uh at the time I'd actually got sick of my uh <laughs> I'd got sick of my job in the corporate world and I had already decided to learn reflexology in England so it did seem like a completely way out there idea, <laughs> but um, yeah, in the end, we were just like, you know what, sod it, we've got nothing to lose. My friend Kate also was not really enjoying her job. We thought we'd come here for a year and then that was it. We just ended up staying for 10 years, <laughs> well, nine years to be exact. Mm. 
I think, yeah, you must have moved to just after me. But what, you know, what takes you from working in the corporate world to, to sort of getting into reflexology and being fascinated by, by people's feet and having a bit of a foot fetish? <laughs> well, um, definitely having reflexology <laughs> is what um, took it. And... I basically was working in a job that I really didn't like at all. <laughs> that sounds terrible now. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, I just didn't really enjoy the office life. And I used to have reflexology actually at my work. So I used to go and have reflexology at work. And I always used to think it was amazing. I really liked my reflexologist. And um, I just decided to train in it. And I had a friend who actually said to me one day, because I was talking about it, just saying, you know, I'm not sure whether I want to put such a huge investment, because it was quite a big course. I wanted to do a really good course, and um, it was it was quite a big investment. And at the time when you're working and you've got other things to pay for, it's, it's a big decision. So my friend actually just looked at me and was like, you know what, when I want to do something, I just do it. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah. So I, um, I signed up that next day without thinking about it. And if I hadn't, I probably wouldn't be in Ibiza doing reflexology and, um, you know, I wouldn't have even gone down the path of fertility, understanding fertility awareness, becoming a teacher in that. So, yeah, it was an amazing transition. And the the, <laughs> the time that we actually got back from Ibiza, um, I had a bad, not a bad experience, but it was a bit of a, a shock going back into the office. And, um, yeah, I didn't know I was going to have my notice in that day. But because I was already studying reflexology, I um, I decided to do that. And um, that was the transition, really. I think, yeah, we all get to that point at some point in the, in the yeah, corporate machine and monster and that kind of capitalistic world that, you know, exists back home. And I, and I notice it, obviously, the more time I spend here that, you know, I'm doing some work actually for a very large corporate monster tomorrow that I actually used to work for in London and I'm just already you know the kind of emails and the back and forth of the conversation about you know the recording uh, process is um is uh, interesting and it just reminded it was just a beautiful reminder actually about why I don't you know work for anybody else anymore and actually you know it was actually quite helpful in some ways because often I think sometimes you think living on a beach are all, you know, all these opportunities that don't exist here. They only kind of exist back home. But, you know, we left those opportunities behind for a reason. And I think, you know, you've always got to focus on everything that's just so amazing that's like directly in front of us here. And I think particularly at the moment, you know, it being almost August and like it's just so hot. It's like literally walking out of a furnace coming inside. You kind of everything just gets so intense and so blown up in our heads. But um, basically... Basically, we are just still in paradise. <laughs> yes, I am. I often think that I want to escape the island in August. Um, and in an ideal world, that is what I do because I do love the UK in August. But also it is, you know, it's our work. And we have so many people here on holiday. We have great, you know, it's a tourism on holiday that gets us our work sometimes. You know, I work at a lot of retreats. So although it's <laughs> tempting to leave the island when it's super sweaty, it's... Uh, it's um yeah not always do but one day I would like to leave <laughs> in August <laughs> and uh, go back to England for the whole of August but um at the moment yeah it is paradise and it's you know I was up this morning at six o'clock walking walking um not my dog actually but another dog about six thirty, and it was amazing just being out in the in the cold air I wouldn't say cold but cooler air and then you really notice it changed so um yeah <laughs> you sort of get used to it Kind of, but then, yeah, I don't know. We obviously have the luxury of having air conditioning in here and then you walk outside the door and you're like, that was a really bad idea putting that on because I now just cannot cope with 
anything. <laughs> just simple, just simple breathing feels like an effort. Yeah, or we go to a Mercadona supermarket for air conditioning in the summer. <laughs> just climb in the freezer with the ice cream. Okay, let's move into the work that you do do, um, you know, helping people to learn to chart their cycles because... I really am a little bit, I mean, you know, I have got my app on my phone, like a due, you know, diligent person um, trying to sort of figure out what's going on. But, you know, I think it would be very interesting to hear how you do do it and what you teach people that want to kind of understand their cycle better. Yes. So, you know, it's really interesting that that is the first thing that we talked about when you mention having an, having an app. So... There are so many apps now on the market and obviously it's a huge thing that like get an app, choose your app, put your dates in, it's going to tell you when you ovulate, it's going to tell you when your next period's due. Um, But what I teach people with fertility awareness is actually how to go into an extra layer so that we actually understand our own bodies and instead of constant like instead of using an app for example that's going to say you ovulate you're going to ovulate in two days which could be completely inaccurate but you know people are led to believe that these things are accurate and why you know would they necessarily not think so I've had lots of people say to me oh but my app tells me that I ovulate on this day but is that right and you know to be honest because I'm not helping you to chart your cycle and understand your body's biomarkers of fertility which is what um, charting your cycle is all about I couldn't tell you whether it was giving you the right information or not. So yeah, so basically this is it. This is what I teach people how to take that extra layer when they're trying to understand what's going on with the menstrual cycle. And I help women to really clearly identify their fertile phase and when they ovulate. And then I also teach them how to read the chart. And that's the really interesting, empowering bit of it because that is the part that can actually help you to really understand what's going on with your hormones. Um, You know, the most basic element of fertility awareness is to understand your fertile window. And once you've got that and you understand that, then it's all about, right, okay, so what is my chart telling me about my hormones and how can I use this to make a difference if my hormones are out of balance? And, you know, so that's, that is um, the difference between an app (laughs) and actually reading your own body. I mean, for sure, an app is not going to be able to tell you when your hormones are out of whack. And, um, you know, being a woman in my 40s specifically, I think a lot of, you know, my friendship circle here are kind of around the same age. And I think there's a lot of us, yeah, just kind of slowly. I mean, it's not just August. (laughs) There's definitely something else going on in there. (laughs) It's just like, you know, it's just... It's an interesting beast because until you start to go through it, you have absolutely no idea what it's going to be like. You think you're going mad. You're kind of like forgetful, you know, but obviously there's a real science behind that that I'm still only starting to kind of get to grips with. Mm. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we're talking about 40s getting into our perimenopause years and how we are having a shift in hormones. We're starting to lose progesterone. So I guess we're talking about the fact that we start to have all these symptoms, but we don't really understand why we're having these symptoms and we don't understand necessarily where we're at in this stage, in this journey. And this is what is interesting about learning fertility awareness because you could be entering into perimenopause or it could be that you are just experiencing some sort of hormonal imbalance that's not not necessarily relative to that. Um, And I think the help that the chart could use if you would if we want to talk about this subject particularly is when you identify where you're at in your cycle so for example you've got delayed ovulation because you your um, cycles are changing 
We can start to understand when we are in our estrogen phase or when we're in our post-luteal phase, which is when we have progesterone. And we can start to see if we've got low progesterone and how this might affect us. So we can start to link up our our cycle and where we're at in it. Um, How do you understand what's going on with someone's hormones through charting? Because I I, I find, I don't know, I don't know how that's even possible. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, this is it. This is what is so interesting. So when I, when I started to learn fertility awareness, um, I, was, I just thought, yeah, this is really interesting. It, it can actually be used for natural birth control or to help women conceive, which is why it's identifying the fertile window. And it was actually when I started to chart my cycle myself and really go into understanding what it all meant after I'd got the very basics. And the way that a chart can tell you if your hormones are out of balance is first and foremost, we can definitely you know, regardless of whether you're using an app that just puts some calendar dates in, you can tell exactly when you ovulate. And um, what can happen is some women, especially if they have irregular cycles, which a lot of women suffer with, you know, so many women have PCOS, one in 10 women have PCOS, PCOS, some people have endometriosis, there's quite a lot of women's reproductive health problems that we have. So we can start to identify things like delayed ovulation or anovulation where we don't ovulate. And um, what I've seen in women's charts is that sometimes they believe that they've had a period, but actually it's not a period, it's, it's a breakthrough bleed and they've not actually ovulated. So without charting your cycle, so you actually find out if you have ovulated, you could be having a continuous cycle where you've not ovulated and therefore you keep making estrogen. You think that you've had a period, but you've not had a period and you've not, you're not making progesterone. So there you're going to start to feel really imbalanced and you're not necessarily going to think that anything's wrong with your periods because you're like, oh, I've got, I'm having my period, but actually you're, you could be having really, really long cycles and that's going to throw you out of balance. Um, so that's one of the ways that we can tell just from the chart how um, you may have a hormonal imbalance. When we get into the nitty gritty of charting, there is quite, it's quite complex and I teach people over a especially for, yeah, there's different different levels that I teach, but we teach it over a few cycles and um, I have to teach people how to observe their biomarkers of fertility, put them onto a chart. And then you can actually tell on the chart if you have signs of low progesterone through um, identifying if your luteal phase is short, for example. And that is like hugely important if you're trying to conceive and um, also important if you just, well, hugely important because having a healthy menstrual cycle is important and it's going to make you feel good and um yeah so that's how we can identify on the chart some of the ways that you can you can spot imbalances of hormones how can you actually if you're not having healthy menstrual cycles there what can you actually do to change that well there are lots of things that affect our cycles and i think this is another thing that you know we are growing in awareness of and a lot of people are growing in awareness of this that there are different things that affects our cycles. And when, when I'm talking about ovulation, it's such an important part of our cycle. It's more important than the actual period. It's like ovulation is, is a sign of health. So we want to make sure first and foremost that we're ovulating um, properly. And things that affect ovulation are lack of sleep or poor sleep. You know, it's all the, it's all the pillars of health that we actually talk about, you know, sleep, Diet, stress is a huge one because stress actually um, can have an effect on our pituitary gland, which is in the brain, which connects to our adrenals. 
So our pituitary gland talks to our adrenals and our ovaries. So if that is not working properly or some, or it's um, thrown off balance, then that can have an effect on how it's communicating with our ovaries and, and delay ovulation. Um, eating patterns, even things like, I mean, extreme over-exercising, you know, all of these things. And I think with our menstrual cycle it's getting taught so much more about these days and it's actually being referred to by gynecologists as the fifth vital sign so when we've got things like heartbeat blood pressure all the the vital signs i can't remember them all off the top of my head but it's been referred to as the fifth vital sign so it's really important that we can actually understand if there is something going wrong and have the opportunity to fix it and um, having a chart just helps you to see clearly if there's something off. And then, you know, you can look at different areas of your life, make lifestyle changes, make different changes, see if it works, see if it has an effect on it. Um, and if it doesn't, you know, maybe there's something more, more serious that you need to then go to a doctor about. And that is also why, um, why it's so good because it's very difficult to get a diagnosis with many things when you go to the doctors and not all doctors really want to, not that's the wrong word, not want to, but like find it difficult to understand when you're just talking to them about symptoms and um, being able to go with a chart and like data in front of you is really helpful for getting the doctor to understand your cycle more. So that's also a key, a key way to do that as well. Interesting. And how do you, you know, for example, you were saying if your pituitary gland is not working properly and what can you do to to fix that? So you want to identify why your pituitary gland wasn't working properly. There's a thing called a hypothalic amenorrhea. So basically that is when your pituitary gland is affected and then you're not having periods. So if your periods completely stop, it's definitely a warning sign and it should definitely be looked at because it means that you, you know, your cycle's not working, you're not ovulating. And um, it's usually because of stress is like a huge one. So actual external stress, you know, the way that you perceive stress and stress on your body, but also um, stress in different ways, how your body could respond to stress, for example, through undereating is a huge one for people with um, hypothalamic amenorrhea. Um, so these are the sorts of things that you could look at and the thing is I am a fertility awareness teacher and I just really help to guide people in the right directions of finding the right sources you know to really help them fix that then you know it's obviously if you're missing a period it's a really obvious one but some of the things in the charts that people might not have known before charting is um, it's like good to be able to like go in a different direction and and get that help. Interesting. And I think a lot of people, yeah, that aren't charting things or, you know, before I got that app, I had absolutely no idea what was going on with my cycle. But now I'm more aware of it. You know, all these symptoms and all these things that are going on for me become more prevalent. You know, it's not just because it's in my mind, but, you know, I'm really experiencing extreme changes over the course of that cycle. And I think, yeah, you sometimes think, oh, maybe this is just like almost like a placebo effect of, of being kind of you know aware of those things but then you think yeah maybe I just have never been aware of like you know this kind of roller coaster ride that us ladies have to exist upon and and learn to thrive within yeah and um it's funny isn't it because we we have like two ways of looking at it it's 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 a hard roller coaster sometimes (laughs) and I think like you say if you're not aware of different um, hormones throughout your cycle, it can be an even harder roller coaster because it's like, well, why do I feel this way at a certain time of the month? But you also just said something else, you know, it's like how to 
work with it and how to harness it a little bit and um one thing you know becoming a fertility awareness teacher I just feel super passionate about it and teaching people because before I actually became a teacher I actually had not that much information about how my menstrual cycle works I learned all that in it and it's crazy to think that as women like you say (laughs) now we've got the apps and stuff but it's crazy to think that we get you know we're both I'm 40 this year you're similar age to me and it's crazy to think that we're probably going to be finishing our cycle soon and we (laughs) oh that missed out on loads of stuff we're like god I could have like harnessed this power of estrogen or (laughs) could have stayed in one of my progesterone was on the you know an excuse for staying in but this is it it's um it's understanding that women are different and you know men and women are both on both have a circadian rhythm and I think this is the best way of understanding the difference between men and women and maybe we can use this a little bit (laughs) to like understand the difference of men and women and have more compassion for each other um so men and women have a circadian rhythm which is all to do with our sleep our metabolism all of that but women also have something called an infradian rhythm and the infradian rhythm is all about our hormones and every single day of our cycle we are going to have a different level of hormones in our body that have completely different effects on our brain um so it's really I just think this is really interesting how estrogen obviously is that all the hormones are for the purpose of, of conception of course but the fact that we have these changes to our brain during our cycle, you know, like estrogen makes us more expressive, makes us more outgoing, makes us want to go out and like have a good time. (laughs) Because, um, you know, in as in nature and evolution, evolutionary, that is how we will be going out to meet a man. And we're actually more attractive to the opposite sex as we reach ovulation. So, then when we move over to progesterone, the progesterone phase, which is post-ovulation, um, then we nature would want us, if we had conceived, to be sitting at home looking after the little egg and um, being a bit more introspective. So this is the, the changes that we have in our brain throughout the cycle. And if we can understand that these changes are happening and we'll, we you know, plan things at certain times or just understand why you might not be wanting to go out or why you might be itching to go out, then it's... I was like, what kind of pills are these? Because it sounds like basically we don't need any of the normal pills in a bee that we just need estrogen pills as women. Well, uh, yeah, we just need our natural high of estrogen. How do you create a natural high of estrogen? I guess if you crack that one, you could be like completely like a millionaire on a beat there. So, um, I mean, I, I can tell, I mean, it's a controversial subject, but I can tell you what will not create it. And it actually is taking a pill, <laughs> the pill. So, um, because the pill actually shuts down ovulation. So our natural hormones are working all the time. Sometimes estrogen gets a little bit high or, you know, out of balance. And therefore it's not as, we don't get this, the exciting waves and probably feel a bit discombobulated when it's high. But um, if, it's, if it's, our hormones are balanced, as we go towards ovulation, then that is when we're going to start gearing up and, and feeling the effects of estrogen. You could, you know, if you don't necessarily notice it, then try, I mean, this is, you know, you know, I'm passionate about my running <laughs> and going for a run, but try going for a run at different stages of your cycle and try doing certain things at different stages of your cycle and see how you're, see how you feel differently. And you just have different energy mm. during different times. But yeah, if you, 
you know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't take the pill. Obviously I teach fertility awareness and it, it's a it's a controversial issue, but a lot of people don't like to take it. And uh, I think it's important to know that it does shut down ovulation. So you're not going to get the same, probably, you, you know, you're less likely to get the same feelings of the estrogen and progesterone effect, which is our body's, you know, when we can work with it, it's, an, it's a good thing to, you know, make the most of really, isn't it? It's just an interesting beast because, um, you know, I took the pill for maybe, I don't know, almost a decade when I was in my early 20s when I had a partner and then I had like um, a coil fitted which was actually possibly one of the most horrific things that ever happened to me I didn't have it done once I had it done twice and the first time my body like almost went into like labor and I remember I was going to the airport and I was flying to um, visit my partner at the time in Luxembourg and I got to Gatwick and I actually went to the desk I thought they were gonna have to call me an ambulance like my whole body was like rejecting this thing and it went on for like about eight hours and I really was just absolutely almost on the floor on my hands and knees like honestly just doing some breathing exercises because it was it kind of you know was a little bit um like that and then it just came on so much stronger by the time I got to the airport that I yeah I felt I mean you know hats off to anyone that's actually given birth like real birth to an actual human it was like wow you know women do definitely go through you know, a lot really to sort of manage that whole situation. Mm, women do go through a lot to manage that situation. I mean, God, get get us talking about some of the situations we've had and get this. I've done a few workshops and honestly, get us talking about these. Everybody's had something, you know, and everybody's had certain experiences, maybe with the pill, maybe with the coil, whether it's just it not being a very pleasant experience, having it fitted or whether it's had an effect on the cycle. But a lot of people have had um, had this and one of the one of the big flabbergasting things is that women are fertile for a maximum of seven days a cycle. You know, even if your cycle is 35 days, only seven days that you're going to be fertile. So all those other days, we're doing all this, taking a pill or we're putting the, having the coil. Obviously, it's important for birth control. So like, of course, but the men are fertile every single day of the year. <laughs> And for some reason, the, the burden of responsibility falls on women. So it is a very interesting, uh, interesting subject. And we do, you know, I think we need to highlight that we, we do take on this burden of responsibility. And it's a huge thing for us to, to do. And yeah, there's lots of, there has been lots of repercussions. And um, there are obviously side effects to some of the, some birth controls as well that um, aren't so pleasant for some people, not everybody, some people get on with you know certain birth controls fine but other people don't and that's why um i think the fertility awareness method is actually quite interesting in that i didn't even know it existed until i started to until i researched it and found it and i was like in my late 30s and it's crazy that there's obviously we have natural cycles now which is a lot more um i think a lot more people know about it but a lot of people don't know about um fertility awareness method as birth control so it's quite interesting that it's uh, it's now an up and is it is I think that it is an up and coming thing. I think it's getting more common, and more people are aware of it. Yeah, I mean, how effective is it? Because obviously, you know, for example, if you were going to start trialing that in America right now, you know, you'd want to be pretty sure. Yes, exactly. And um, I think that is a really, really huge, important part of this. You know, I do teach it to people who so who come to me 
and search it out. And I know I've just mentioned it on this podcast, but I think it has to be somebody's big decision. Like the other day I had a girl who uh, contacted me and a doctor had told her that she needed to find another form of birth control because she wasn't just couldn't use other types and she was stressed about it and she'd found she'd researched herself and found this and then been in touch with me so there are um you know huge considerations to make and honestly yeah it's really scary to think that America is in this situation but there is studies that show it to be and I'm very wary of this study I am a teacher of it I believe in it but you have to really, really understand it. And there'll be certain times where it is like super, super safe. And then certain times of the month where you have to be really diligent in understanding your body's biomarkers of fertility. And um, the the study actually found it to be 99.4% effective with perfect use. Now that is super high, but I would say it's not like having the coil where you don't have to do anything. It's like a huge amount of, you know, you have to really understand it and you have to work with somebody maybe for three months really get to understand how to chart and um you know so perfect use isn't always going to happen and but what you could do which you know is a positive thing is when you really understand your cycle you could even use this you know for example the situation in america now where people probably are more petrified you know which is completely understandable and bloody scary and awful um then you could actually double up on your birth control because you could be like okay you know there's days before you ovulate where it's a bit more dodgy and you have to understand the biomarker, one of the biomarkers, how to read that. But if you can, what I teach is symptothermal double check. So there's two ways of checking you've ovulated. And if you can check you've ovulated and then go into the safe zone where there's some calculations, then there is no egg there. So you just cannot get pregnant. If there's no egg for the sperm to meet to get pregnant, then there's no chance of um, getting pregnant. So you could even double up on you could double up on your birth control and be like, okay, listen, now I've got double protection. So you could use it to an advantage like that if you were very, very, very wary about um, um, getting pregnant. I don't know. It's a very interesting beast. I mean, you know, I couldn't have told you for the last 40 something years when I was ovulating. Absolutely no clue. You know, no indication whatsoever. And now it's very obvious to me, but there's only because I've been tracking it for the past year. So, I don't know. I just find that quite strange because the symptoms are, are very clear to me now. But, you know, when I didn't know what was happening, how have I just sailed through four decades? I mean, of course, I wasn't having periods when I was five. But you know what I mean? You know, that's three decades maybe or not not quite, but of having periods and, and just not noticing any of those symptoms. It's a very, I don't know, it's just a very strange thing for me to, to acknowledge that I thought I was quite self-aware and very conscious of things. But clearly that's not necessarily the case or maybe the symptoms change as you get older yeah it could be it could be a number of things it could be that your symptoms have got more prominent and therefore you're noticing them more or it could be that you are just tuning into your body more and and understanding when you ovulate more and I mean I'm always very obviously because I've talked to some women who say I know when I ovulate and I would always say not that you're saying this but be careful of using that ever as birth control because uh that that would probably get you into trouble because um sometimes what happens when we get ovulation pain it could be the follicles trying to develop that not quite um rupture and release the egg and that actually can cause a little bit of pain around ovulation time um also um as i said before yeah just being wary of when your app tells you when you're going to ovulate because ovulation totally can change I've like done the tests myself with the app and um, it's got it wrong when I've done it against fertility awareness so there's a few little things in that 
I mean, we definitely shouldn't be relying on robots to tell us when, <laughs> when we should be having sex and, and when we shouldn't. Let's, let's, let's definitely not rely on robots. But I think it's, you know, I mean, the natural thing that's at your fingertips, if, you, if, you, if you're lazy, like 99.9% of the population, what are you going to do? You're just going to download something for free. I mean, I don't even think mine was free, but it, it just is there and it's easy. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of reliable in terms of predicting when my period's coming, but it's not. I don't think it's that reliable about the other parts of the cycle. So that's, it's an interesting thing, but it's just great to have that there because then at least I know how long it was. And as you say, you can provide a bit of data when you go and, you know, go and chat to the the, the doctor or whatever. But um, I don't know. It's all a very new thing for me. I've only been doing that for a year, but I feel like I wish I'd, as you say, I wish I had been doing it longer because there's so much, there's so much self-discovery that's in there that, that, that what you know, wasn't available or wasn't even in my, in my psyche prior to, to any of that. Yeah, totally. Totally. And those apps are very good for, if you've got a quite a regular cycle, it's amazing because they do, you know, if you're super regular, then they probably will predict your period, which is great. Um, as we enter perimenopause, the cycle probably changes, so it might not predict it as well. So there's, um, so that's when it can be useful if you want, it, if you want it to predict your period. But the information that it doesn't give you is like when you ovulate. So you could have been using this data for a long time, and um, say, for example, you wanted to conceive in the future. If a woman wanted to conceive in the future and they wanted to understand the cycle. What fertility awareness method gives you is a layer of knowledge that you could be having a 28-day cycle but ovulating on day 20 and therefore have a short luteal phase, which means that you've got low progesterone. It's very unlikely you would conceive. And this is a little bit of my frustration with some of these apps because it worries me that, well, it doesn't worry me, but I think people, if they understood the next layer of information that they could get from fertility awareness, it could really help a lot of women in getting to change these things quicker and um you know like I say because I do a lot of fertility awareness with fertility reflexology and my fertility clients so um and I think that is a big misunderstanding that the apps will give you all this information like oh my period's regular but I don't know why I'm not conceiving for example and it's just the fact that sometimes people don't recognize that they've got the signs of low progesterone even if they had a perfect 28 day cycle you know it's that sort of it's that sort of extra detail that's i think important of trying to raise awareness with fertility awareness and why it's so such a interesting tool for women i found it fascinating so i did go for a hormone test i paid um about i think 100 euros to find out how my hormones work because i was like well i'm getting on a bit so probably need to check those out and see what's happening and um yeah they came back and he was like wow you've got the hormones of a 25 year old he told me I'm not joking he and he said um yeah you are nowhere near the menopause he told me but I mean can you really tell that from checking out somebody's hormones in a blood test well he's the doctor (laughs) so so, you know trust him over me (laughs) and uh, and, uh, well done good good hormones good good eggs um probably (laughs) It was a good egg. I mean, I don't know. No, no. Uh, I'm saying you, you, you have good eggs. <laughs> I know, I was just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I would probably say that he checked out your follicle reserve. Is it your egg reserve? And you probably had a good egg reserve and all of the things and um, progesterone and stuff like that. So that's great. Yeah, and it's amazing that you can get that information. And um, yeah, I'm sure that... <laughs> I mean, I was just intrigued. I was like, I'm, I'm experiencing all kinds of symptoms. I'm, I feel like I'm heading towards 
perimenopause for sure but apparently my hormones are perfect but I was like I don't know they don't feel perfect to me yeah yeah I mean you know from the stories from the books that I've read and the sort of case studies that I read there are definitely women that go to the doctors and feel like there's something going on but then get told everything's fine and um, they dig a little deeper and get different tests that aren't always available at the doctors and then do find out that they have something. So I think sometimes if you feel in your body, you know, something's not right, you don't always take what the doctor says for granted. But, um, you know, maybe look at those tests and see exactly what you've got and what is, you know, what's the positives out of it. And then you can sort of see what things might be missing um, to get checked. So maybe I think... You know, I'm not the person that does all the testing, but, you know, people like naturopathic nutritionalists do really good tests. They do different tests on thyroid, all sorts of things. Um, There is an amazing lady who, if you want to do like at-home tests to find out if you've got low progesterone, for example, which actually is, um, you know, about the quality of your ovulation determines sometimes your progesterone levels, then you can use these amazing tests called Prove which I'm actually affiliated with. And um, that basically means you have to chart (laughs) to begin with, but then you can test on day seven in your luteal phase, which is actually the prime time to testing because sometimes people go to the doctors and get tested on the wrong day, which can cause problems with the results being a little bit skewed. Um, So there are like different ways of, you know, going searching for answers beyond what the doctor's telling you. I mean, this is all fascinating to me. I don't know if anybody else out there is finding this <laughs> remotely interesting, but I think I'm really gripped because it's like, yeah, everything is changing in my world. And I think it got, well, he's telling me that everything's normal. I'm not feeling normal. So, you know, which is it? And you, you yeah, you start to question everything. I think when you get to a point where you know when you know when you know at the end of the day like if you you know got an ounce of um self-awareness then you're going to kind of feel like certain changes but um it's an interesting thing and I you know do you work with perimenopausal women as well or is it just people trying to conceive or people trying maybe not to conceive yeah I don't work so much with perimenopausal people but it's definitely something that I would you know definitely suggest doing the charts because I actually yeah, I was reading a few different books around the subject and it was talking about how it's useful in it. And for example, you went to the doctors, you're not sure. If you did do fertility awareness for a good few cycles, you might reveal some things to you. It might actually reveal in the charts and then, you know, you could see if something's a little bit off in the charts. So it's it's really useful. I've also talked to a few perimenopausal women and they've been like, oh, is, is it my, am I going to get my period again? When's it going to arrive? So because you start to have more irregular cycles, you can predict, not predict ovulation, you can confirm ovulation. And then what you can do through charting is always know when your next period is going to arrive, regardless of how irregular they are. So that's a a good little tool for perimenopausal women to know where they're at in the cycle. So how do you weave in the reflexology then to enable people to, you know, embrace their fertility? Yeah, well, reflexology is a it's um, beneficial for helping women balance the hormones through. I would do a different protocol for women. I've studied it at, um, as during my reflexology course, and I mean, for, like you know, I've just seen in the results. I've seen women come and have reflexology, and their hormones get better. So I know it works, but it's just I I just advise having the reflexology as an additional 
therapy alongside the chart and then the chart is the other elements that you can look at in your lifestyle to to try and change things so it's just it comes as a nice little package for women trying to to um trying to conceive or wanting to even just balance the hormones how are jamie's hormones <laughs> um yes there's definitely no infradium rhythm there <laughs> I mean, do you give him a bit of reflexology when he comes back from a sort of 12 hour oh. DJ set standing on his little tootsies? <laughs> I'd love to say I did. <laughs> he actually prefers a massage, but yeah, I, I keep saying I need to give him reflexology, but no, I, I need to be a better wife, really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you know, it's like if, if, if my partner came home and said, oh, could you just make us a quick podcast? I'd be like, no, I really can't. Like I'm not yeah. spending one more hour than is necessary on my laptop and um yeah it's just very interesting isn't it like chefs you go to a chef's fridge and you have a look in there and there's basically like nothing in there that's then my experience of all my chef friends on the island yeah yeah definitely i don't want to see any more feet (laughs) at the end of the day um so yes is is a very unlucky in that sense unfortunately I think you're a brave woman doing what you do out there especially on an island like this one where everyone's running around barefooted there must be a lot of dry crusty desert feet out there well you know you'd be surprised actually <laughs> I think I think I am um, I think I just don't see it you know when you just see so many feet you don't actually see it and it's it's amazing actually how many people sit on my couch and try and you know worry about the feet worry about the toenails and I can safely say that as a massage therapist most of the time well I'm sure all of the time no one cares <laughs> well, I mean, this island is full of beautiful people, so they've probably got, you know, that sort of higher ranking uh, top end kind of notch of feet. Yeah, you can't, you can't like do anything with your feet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get you a feet. <laughs> I know, but you know, if you compared feet in Ibiza to like feet in like London, for example, what do you reckon? Yeah, probably worse because we walk around with bare feet so much. So yeah, we've probably got more little, uh, little trotters in Ibiza to be fair. Well, actually, if my friend Taryn is listening to this, it's just a running joke that she has these, like, literally, like, she has elephantitis in her feet. She's a yoga teacher, but I've never seen feet like it. Well, don't send it to me. <laughs> no, I won't. Um, anyway, I'm really, really grateful that you've uh, made time to have this little fertility conversation, and I hope that someone somewhere has found it helpful. I'm definitely going to hit you up for some charting. I think that's a great, great idea, and... What an amazing thing to do to empower women to basically become even more aware of um, these nuances in their, you know, in their month. And, you know, it's very, very, very important. I think personally for me, I literally block out, you know, a couple of days a month now where I just cannot do anything that involves interacting with other humans. And, uh, and that's good to know, you know, getting to know yourself and really understanding what you need and what, you know, is not going to work for you during the course of that ma- that month. Or maybe it's about doing something creative you know I'm not going to work on a creative project you know two days before my period begins so it's just good to know that those are the periods of the month that I can book in different kinds of work yeah exactly so I definitely know now that you're not near your period Um, yeah exactly this is it it's just becoming more aware of it isn't it and you know there's different layers with fertility awareness but just that fact that using using the ability to know how we're going to feel and planning that in and making the most of it exactly and have you helped anyone sort of you know get pregnant on Ibiza yes I have <laughs> yeah and um the situation with that was just you know what I, I hear quite a lot when I start to teach people to chat that they, they love it and they're quite mind blown by what they find by it and 
yeah it's amazing it's really good to see when people do come to me and tell me they're pregnant so yes it's definitely um, been successful yeah nice well I like to end on a high so let's leave it there but thank you so much for, for coming to see me today thank you Joe. thank you for having me it's the Reset Rebel it's the Reset Rebel